I think if you if you own you and and um, you show people who you are instead of trying to be fake and trying to uh, push somebody who you're not, people see that. From Ray and Associates Studios, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. The topic of employee experience continues to get a lot of traction. America's all-time low unemployment rate means there are fewer people available to fill open positions. So companies have to get more creative when it comes to competing for top talent. Additionally, younger generations of workers are looking for more than just a standard eight-hour workday plus benefits. They want opportunities to volunteer, increased professional development, more paid time off, and maybe even a free lunch or two. On today's show, Nick Glimsdahl, Director of Content Center Solutions with BDS, a client engagement and experience company, will talk about the changing expectations of your workforce. He will explain what other companies have done to deliver a better all-around employee experience and explain how these strategies can help you make better hires and improve employee retention in your business. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, sir. Glad to have you here. So talk to me about employee experience. What That just seems overly broad. <laughs> so break that down for me. What, what, what does that mean in, in your mind? Yeah, so... I think employee experience can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. And I, and I think you said it's kind of the pie in the sky at the, at the highest level. Um, it's how your employees or even your potential employees interact with you on a consistent basis. And it could be process. It could be your, the way you go to market and what's your, what's your mission? What does your culture look like? It's a lot of things. And it's from recruiting all the way down to the last, your last day at that organization. Okay. So it's, engagement at every level mm-hmm. in other words yeah and and how do we how do we think about that i mean how do we define it i mean when when i update myself a little bit here but when i started hell you just showed up and you did what you were told and you kept your mouth shut well that obviously doesn't work <laughs> right nobody if i did that to a new hire today they'd be gone before the end of the day right so well, most of them yeah I think that you kind of need to go above and beyond and add value. Okay. And I think what you said at the very beginning was was very timely. I think people don't just want to work for an organization to get a paycheck, right? They right. and they don't necessarily want uh, free slushies at lunchtime, but they <laughs> you need to figure out what's best for them and what suits them as as who you are as an organization. Okay, and then own that who you are, right? It, it, it could be could be free lunches. It could be I want to have uh, free beer. It could be nice. I want right. It could be I want a foosball table in the corner. Or, sure. Um, but people expect um, something else, more of a purpose and more of a why of what they're doing to earn that paycheck. So okay, and and I'm mm-hmm. if I'm management or leadership in an organization, that sounds hard for me to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm maybe I'm a little older or whatever. I've been at it for twenty, thirty years. Hell, I don't know. How do I figure that stuff out? Do I just go ask, or what? What's the best way to really to determine that? Yeah. So, uh, just to take a quick step back. I think uh, as a married guy, uh, the old uh, analogy is if if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, mm-hmm. right? So, I think that's the same thing with your employees. If your employees are not happy in the organization, your customers are going to feel that. 
And it's a lot of things come come down. I think the first thing that starts is is the culture. So who are you guys as an organization? What's your mission? What's your purpose? What's your values? So for you guys here, you know, uh, Jennifer at the front counter, right? Her She's the director of First Impressions. Yes. She knows what her mission is. Right. She knows what her why is and why she works and, and her goal uh, for the organization. So they have marching orders of where they need to go. And, and what her why is. So you guys also have from uh, just stepping into your organization, you have the Ray way, right? right? So there's a bunch of things that you guys have throughout that process, but the very end of it was enjoy the journey, right? There's a bunch right. of stuff at the end of it at, at, from the beginning, but it's, it's if you don't, um, so I like to say, have fun serving others, right? There you go. And, and I think if you don't do that, then you better find another gig. Right. Um, but for, for you guys, uh, it's important to have that. And I think Jennifer is a good example of what does that mean? Right. Um, you know, the, the second thing I think is, is what, what are you putting in front of your customer or your employees to helping them succeed? Mm. And it's, it could be technology. So we'll start there. Uh, it's um, do they have the right technology or is it the legacy stuff that they had 20 years ago? Right. So think of the, uh, I always like to say, think of uh, 20 years ago when you were rocking the boom box <laughs> and you're heading down the street with, the, with it on your shoulder, right? Listening right. to some sweet music and you wanted to take a picture of a cat, right? So you take, you put your boom box down and you put up your nice sweet camera and you roll it over a couple of <laughs> times to take the picture. I'm and, not a cat guy. Right, I right. prefer dogs, but hey, that's so me. <laughs> you, you take a picture of a cat and it didn't mean you had to print it. Uh, so, but I think it's when you think of all of these different things and, and you want to record something or somebody right. calls you or whatever that looks like, you now have all of those things in your smartphone. Right. So the way the things that technology changes over the last 20 years has been dramatic. So what have you done to improve that process, because I think some of the things that you think of uh, when it comes to employee morale, you, you were talking about the skill shortage, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you need to do on the employee morale to make them as efficient as possible to do their job? If they're not, if you don't provide them the ability to do their job, right. they're going to get frustrated. If they get frustrated, they're not going to stay very long. Yeah. Right. So there's different things that you can do. And I said, you know, even the, 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 the third thing probably is just creating a better workspace. Sure. Right. So is it, you know, creating a, a ping pong table in the corner or right. free lunch on Fridays? Is it uh, have the ability to collaborate in an open environment? Sometimes open environments are good. Sometimes they're not so good because it could be noisy yeah, depending on the organization. That, you bring up a great point because I've started to read more about these, you know, open environments that were, you know, just very, very prevalent, continue to be so, I guess, to some degree. In fact, I know of an institution here in central Ohio that did away with all their, their cubicles and offices. And now that's just this big open floor with yeah. a few tables and maybe a few side huddle rooms. And some of the stuff I've started to read lately is that actually this has made the work environment worse. You know, they, they right. said, oh, we're going to increase collaboration and, and all that. Right. So, so what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I would say it depends on your organization. Okay. And it depends on the individual person. So if somebody, for me, I love this listening to music, but I'm not productive when I listen to music. Right. Right. And so if I'm sitting at a coffee shop, I'm potentially productive. There's now uh, websites or apps where you can download and listen to listen to 
to coffee sounds, right? So it okay. sounds like you're in a coffee shop, but, and I guess that could be effective, but for somebody that doesn't work well in an open space mm-hmm. and people chatting back and forth, or let's say that you're, at, that's almost like putting everybody in a customer service cubicle section where they're all hearing a hundred different conversations. Right. That's not fun for some people. Yeah. Some people that's going to stress them out. Yeah. And so I would say that that's probably, it's nice to talk about. It's a sweet checklist because yeah. you're saying, hey, look what I did. Right. But sometimes it's kind of, uh, um, it affects the the person and negatively than it, than it does positively. I guess, and that's a great message. It's mm-hmm. sort of be sensitive to everybody's diverse mm-hmm. way of of working or or thinking. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a little bit different in in what makes them perform at their best. That's right. So using that shotgun approach and say, "Oh, this is the way we do it for everybody," doesn't always doesn't always fly. Yeah, and, and just listen to your to your employees. Okay. Right. I think that's half the battle too is, you know, uh, I've heard a company say, hey, what should uh, put out a survey to their customers and said, what should we start doing or to their employees? Sorry. What should we start doing? What should we stop Mm -hmm. doing? What should we keep doing? And so they learned a bunch of information that they would have never known if they didn't ask those three questions. They ask them now twice a year. Okay. Because they think it's important to understand not just what you think your employees want or what you think your customers want sure. and throw that shotgun approach out. But it's, uh, let's listen to what they actually have to say. Let's potentially do a, uh, there's certain journey maps that you can do uh, with customers, but it's also, what's the journey of your employee, right? Interesting. What does that look like from onboarding your employee all the way through, hey, i am been here for 35 years and I'm now going to retire. People always do exit interviews, right? but where are the interviews in the, in the middle? Great point. Great point. So do you find the best way to engage and get that information? Is it uh, truly a survey or is it more one-on-one or is it, you know, anonymous or do, do people want to attach their their name to that stuff? I mean, what, yeah. what are your thoughts there? I've heard um, some horror stories when it comes to anonymous surveys. Oh, really? Uh, so that- Tell people, me a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So people will say that they're anonymous, but then their direct boss- Will, will receive that survey. No kidding. Yeah. And so they, if they know what their writing style is or they know how that person interacts and they're like, oh, well, that's interesting. Thanks for that information. Yeah, I know that was Susie, Nick. right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, they will not be, they're not honest with their organization. Wow. Um, I know of a insurance company here in town that they were trying to create an initiative and they say, hey, what we're going to do is anybody that is willing to come speak in front of this group of people, we want to hear from you. And they're like, okay, sounds good. Well, we want to hear from you on what you want to talk about. Excuse me. And, but the number one fear in the world is public speaking. Sure. Right. So there's kind of an oxymoron, right? We want to hear what you're saying, but somebody would rather have a, a spider sitting on the, their sure. lap than, than sitting up in the public speaking. So trying to find ways to figure out what's best for that employee and it could be could be anonymous. It could be one on one. It's not just a one size fits all. You right. kind of have to not just be who you are and own your organization, kind of like the Ray way, but also talk on the individual level. Like, okay, what should we do different? How can we improve? And and how do we go about that? And then from there, there needs to be action items. Right. It's not just C suite. A lot of times, talk a good game. Sure, right? about employee experience and about customer experience. Right. 
Right? They know but, all the buzzwords, right? Yeah, but yeah. then no follow through. Yeah. So they hear hear from a, a partner or a peer or whoever it is, but then what are they measured on? What's their mm-hmm. definition of success? And then what are the metrics from the top down? Okay. Right? Because if they're not going to get measured on it and, and it's just, a, it's kind of like, a, you know, when LeBron puts his baby powder in his hands right? <laughs> right. and he rubs them together and he throws it up in the air. Yeah. That's what my analogy is, is when they talk about the good game and could talk about customer experience and employee experience. And then they let the, the, the pixie dust and fairy tales fall to the ground and they walk away. Gotcha. So, but if, if you actually truly believe that customer ex- or employee experience equals customer experience, then you're yeah. going to do something about it. So what are the way, some of the ways that you say, go in and, and help uh, mm-hmm. a company sort of achieve this? Because, you know, I, I think of, of our firm and while we were, fairly progressive and, and we like to do these things. Sometimes you need help sort of getting things started. How do we engage in the right way? Is that is that sort of where, where you can come in and into the process? Yeah, so it, it depends on the organization. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to grab a, a coffee or, or a drink with about mm-hmm. anybody. So, but I think when it comes to the, the three steps and I kind of already touched on, on them a little bit, but what's your culture? What's your, what's your, what's your Ray way, right? right? What is... Who are you as an organization? And don't try to be like Rain Associates, right? Be who you are. Everybody tries to be like Amazon when it comes to customer experience. Right. Don't be Amazon. Be your version <laughs> of Amazon, right? And don't look at your next competitor and say, hey, they're doing this, so we should do this. Right. Listen to what your customer, what your employees are saying. Looking at who you are as an organization and what, you're, what you want to be as a culture. And then from there, make those action item steps. And then have that from the top down be voiced and then be measured from the top down. There's a book called Traction that kind of says, are right. you in the right bus, in the right seat, right? Yeah. And, and if not, and then what are you measured on? What's your 90-day rocks? I think every organization should be measured on your, your 10-year big, hairy, audacious goal, your sure. five-year, three-year, 90-day rocks. But every one of those need to be measured with your employee experience and your customer experience. Okay. Yep. Do you still encounter a lot of, uh, say, lack of transparency within companies where, you know, it stops at that C-suite level and, it, and there's a real line in terms of what's shared information-wise, that kind of thing? Or is that going away somewhat? I would say it's still not going away. I okay. think it, it's not necessarily not transparent, but it's they're still talking the good game, but they're not measured on it. Mm. Right. So if, if at the end of the day and, and my annual review comes around and I'm a C-suite or if I am right. a director of operations or I'm in the customer service or I'm in marketing and I'm not measured on employee experience, then that's not my initiative. My initiative is the next 15 things that I measured on. And yeah, so I think that's, that, that's kind of frustrating. And, and most organizations need to start leaning into uh, the benefits and why it's important, but then, you know, what's the benefits of it is, you know, what's the, what's the return? Right. So um, if, if people started seeing what that return is, people will get a lot more excited about what's next. Right. Now you mentioned sort of, okay, the, the concept of lean in, you know, that's right from Sheryl Sandberg kind of, mm-hmm. you know, espoused that a couple of years ago. And, you know, that, that gets to the, the next point is where do you draw the line between the professional and the personal? You know, do you get 
folks so overly engaged that they feel like they can't shut off or draw that line between their professional experience and their and their personal experience. I mean, is that something that that you see much of? Or I mean, today we're also connected and yeah. email and smartphones. I mean, is is that an issue? Is it an issue for people that they feel like they can't disconnect? Otherwise, there there's going to be that that lack of commitment to the organization. Depending on uh, the leadership and what their expectations of that employee. Okay. So I think that if you set clear expectations, there should be you know one of the perks could be a flexible environment. It could be, I want to wear jeans on Friday or I want to work from home environment where I can work from home 50% of the time, right? Okay. Like, um, or is it, I'm going to be very rigid and this is the way that we go about business and you need to do this. You need to clock in at eight and you need to be, leave at 530 or whatever that time frame is. Yeah. It depends on the culture of the organization, but I've seen that uh, you think of trying to think like there, there's uh, Chase, uh, JP Morgan right. and Cardinal Health within a week of each other decided to do um, open, uh, you know, kind of dress, relaxed dress. Sure. Uh, and that happened in the last three months. Dress for your day kind right? of thing. Yep. Which is so it's still professional, but it's, it's also, you know, here's some freedom and here's some uh, willingness for us to budge a little bit to improve your way of life. Okay. Right. So I, I don't think it's... Uh, I think the technology in general and, and the way that internet and smartphones and how we're all interconnected can be a blessing, but it can be a curse. Sure. Right? Absolutely. So it depends on how much pressure you put on yourself as an, as an individual, but then also how much pressure your organization puts on you. Right. Right. So if there is people that probably work seven days a week. Sure. Right. I'm not, I'm not one of them, but I'm still passionate about my organization. Right. What about social media. Now mm-hmm. here here we're doing a, a podcast obviously yeah. and, and social media is very prevalent. Is that in your mind a good way to engage with employees or is that more do you think that's a better tool left to engage externally with customers that type of thing? Yeah, so and I would say that there's other better ways to collaborate with your with your employees. It could be a Skype, it could be Slack, it could be Microsoft Teams, whatever it is, but and then you can attach documents and and integrate with Google Docs or whatever that looks like. But, you know, somebody who's in customer service, I think it's more focused on on the actual customer, mm-hmm. on how uh, customers interact with you on the channel of their choice. So it could be phone, text, email, social, you know, um, et cetera. Right now it's right. WhatsApp, it's it's other things. It's And then that's meeting the customer where they're at on their channel. And then being able to push that all onto a single source of truth, which is the technology fast, uh, aspect again. But okay. I would say that all technology or ways to communicate with your employees should be internal focused. Okay. Right. So I focus with my, or I, I, I communicate with my team all the time. We have Skype. Sure. And so I can send group messages. I can send Outlook. I can send uh, meeting invites. I can do all sorts of stuff, send uh, attachments. But um, it's nothing to do with what uh, external facing. Sure. Now, when you go to that external step, so you talk about your customer service people, or, or you know, in 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 our world, you know, any of those, we're, we're client facing very often. So, how do you how do you coach those folks in terms of connecting with the client? 
you know, I've, I've heard a lot about emotional intelligence and, you know, as the more, the more I read about that, it, it's, it's very intriguing. I mean, are there things that you, you do differently in terms of that connection and trying to get people to establish that? Yeah. I'm again, you know, if, if I'm an, uh, as an, as somebody who is an extrovert, mm-hmm. right. I can talk to anybody and, and, I think it's important to have an eye connection, right? It's important to have empathy. It's important to, I think Franklin Covey is the one who said, you need to acknowledge, you need to understand, and then you need to resolve, right? right? If, you're at a, if you're at a networking event and you hand somebody a business card, but you're looking over them, yeah. right? And through right. them and saying, all right, sweet. That's good talking to you. What do you, <laughs> what do, you do again? As they're looking around you, it's- Looking for the other more important person, right? Right. right? So yeah. you need to be present uh, regardless of who you are as an as a individual, but then also, you know, internal or, or uh, uh, introvert or extrovert, you need to understand what your strengths are, Yeah. right? And then use those. And, and it could be, you know, throwing out dad jokes or it could be <laughs> right but it, it's meeting them and and being who you are it's the same as an organization okay. right you need to own you so take your personal style your personality and yeah. kind of mold the the things you need to communicate within that yep i think if you if you own you and and um, you show people who you are instead of trying to be fake and trying okay. to uh, push somebody who you're not, people see that. Yeah. And so if I if I try to be somebody I'm not, they're going to be like, oh, that's interesting. That was a okay conversation. But, yeah. And, you know, I, I try to have fun and, and enjoy the conversation. And if if I hope that the next person enjoys it as, as much as I do, because I, I have fun. And I guess it's the same thing with the organization at the end of the day. You have to, sure. as you stated at the beginning, kind of own who you are as an organization. That's right. And then make sure that culture gets filtered out to, to everybody. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the recruiting process too. Yeah. Right. Like who do we want to hire? Who are we as an organization? Mm-hmm. And then who do we want to hire? And then from that person, if they're an external facing or internal facing, that's important. Right. Um, there's all sorts of like behavioral tests that you can take and say, I know um, Frank or Susie is an ideal person for this position. And she's been here for 20 years. I want somebody similar to that so that when she retires in five years, that we can kind of mold that next person. So people take behavioral tests. uh, And then in that interview process, people take that same test, right? And so it's it's interesting because you have to kind of mold that next generation or that next person that you're going to hire. Sure, absolutely. Well, that Nick, thank you very much. That's fantastic insight. Really, Mm -hmm. really appreciate it. And uh, Great learning experience uh, for for me personally as well today. So Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, If you want to learn more about employee experience and its impact on your business or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, visit our podcast page at www.reacpa.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's show. You can subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes or wherever you like to get your podcasts, including YouTube. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can also write to us at rea.news at reacpa.com. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 